Absolutely. Check this out. Huh? Oh, okay, I'll blow them quick. They have to have their horn. <laughs> an awful short <laughs> Hallelujah! Oh. Gotta be quick! You gotta be quick! <laughs> well, Father God, you are so good, and we praise you, and we thank you that you love us so much, and you take care of us. You take care of us, and you take care of our families, and you take care of our children and their families, and you are, we, we thank you for your blessings and how you take care of us and watch over us, even sometimes when we don't know it. But you are so good, and we want to thank you with all our heart, and we want to praise you, and we want to worship you, and we want to put you first in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. All right. So uh, uh, I had the blessing of going to a, a leadership summit with Vanguard, and Vanguard is a, um, it's a covering ministry that was birthed out of new life. So it, it, the thing just showed up on the calendar. Anyhow, long story short, since I'm not going to work, I had an opportunity to go. Um, and it was a blessing to reconnect with a, a, a bunch of guys that were, in, you know, that ministered to me. So Pastor Bobby and um, Stephen Morgan and, and uh, Stephen Ruckel and um, Bill Breon. It was like old home week, so <laughs> it's really neat. But the, the, the neat thing is, a lot of what's been stirring in me in the past couple of months is to, uh, is really to personally and corporately re-engage uh, with walking by the Spirit um, and, and being uh, proactive in sharing our faith. And so, that, so this was a, uh, the theme of the conference was preparing for the end times harvest. And so, uh, you know, it, it uh, we've been in the latter days since the day of Pentecost. I mean, if we were, if, if we were in these last days, as Peter quoted on the day of Pentecost, we certainly are a lot closer to it now. Absolutely, 2,000 years closer. But the readjust for me was, um, I think intellectually I've always disconnected um, eschatology, you know, are you pre-trib, post-trib, you can do all that kind of stuff, with um, practicality. You know, how do we live our life, what do we do, this kind of a thing. And, and so there is a stream, I'm, I'm a self-confessed pre-trib rationalist, you know, take that for what it's worth, but in, in that um, understanding there is this unfortunate stream of thought that says, well, you know, it's all just going to go to each in a handbasket, so there's not much we can do anyway. Jesus just has to come in and take over and everything will be all right. Um, and I know that's not everybody who believes in pre-trib, but there, there's, there's a good portion of that that says, you know, it's just going to keep getting worse. Um, and so in that intellectual mindset of Laodicea and and times getting worse, and wickedness getting worse. Um, there is a counterbalancing understanding in Scripture of what God's doing in the middle of all that. And there is, there is no um, major move by the devil that's just not a, a, an attempt at obstructing what God's already doing, and just a copy of what God is going to do on a grand scale. So the, the, the opportunity 
um, that we have, one of the things that was pointed out several times was um, it, the, the level of societal disruption that we're living in. Hmm. That, that for people who are worldly, much of what they've relied on has been shown to be false. I mean, they either have to double down on their belief in government, or as we've seen, at least in American culture, this, this complete disavowal of, of um, news sources, political sources, government sources, anything that has been thought of to be safety net or society is in disruption. Um, okay. But where does that leave people? Mm-hmm. And, and where does that leave the church? And so as a church, what do we do? Do we, do we establish our compounds and enclaves and, and, and begin prepping and storing and, and start a monastery? I mean, the church has done that before in, in major times of disruption. Or do we bring the actual solution the world needs and has always needed, which is Jesus? So it's, it's always nice um, when, you, when you think like you're kind of isolated, you know, it's been a while since I've hung out with a bunch of other pastors, but it's, it's kind of nice when you think you've been isolated and you never are because Jesus is with you, that you get into a group of people and you're discussing a bunch of things and you hear all the things that, that has been going on with your, you know, inside of your own church and, and your own heart. And it was very encouraging to me. Um, this is not exactly where this teaching came from. <laughs> so, so uh, in, in thinking through, you know, what, what I wanted to share today and, and, uh, and, and where we go, you know, you have these, you have these two tensors, and, we're, and I think the Lord's going to take us in both directions. This was birthed out of an intersection between continuing to meditate and delve into that walk to the garden after the Last Supper. That's, you know, John 15 and John 16 and John 17 as they're heading to the Garden of Gethsemane, all these things that Jesus talked about, about the time that we're living in, when the Holy Spirit's among us, when He's leading us into all truth. And it intersected just my, my daily devotions, which right now I'm inside of Leviticus, reading Leviticus. <laughs> so, um, I think it was the uh, day before yesterday, um, or yesterday, that I was in Leviticus 19. So, all this hopefully will come together for you. But here's the good news. John 15, 16, Jesus said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So, take that in the context that is given. That... Jesus chose us and appointed us to bear fruit. And a huge component of that fruit bearing is our prayer life. Now, our prayer life or our corporate prayer or our prayer together, whether two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst, okay? The church of Jesus Christ is the reality to which the temple was just the shadow. We are the habitation of God. And yet, even in that shadow, the zealousness of Jesus in that representative shadow of God's habitation, His zealousness for the cleanness of that house was such that He flipped tables around. That He said that my house was intended to be what? 
house of prayer. A house of prayer for what? For all nations, for all peoples. So, what exactly are we praying for? What what kind of prayers are we looking to be answered? And, I, you know, um, in my early days in Word of Faith, this was a handy verse to pull out with regard to um, what many derisively call name it, claim it. God is going to meet your needs, and prayer is engaged in that. But there's a higher level of calling in prayer. And, and so when you begin to think and meditate and see um, yourself doing the things that God says He's called you to do, heal the sick, cast out demons, speak in new tongues, preach the gospel, right? Be salt and light. Um, anyone who's ever been involved in athletics, and this applies to many other fields as well, but as you're thinking through things that your body has to do, if you actually think through, think, if you can actually see yourself do it, you can do it a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't even imagine your body moving in that direction or um, doing that many push-ups or that many, if you can't, but if you picture it, right? So if you can't even imagine laying your hands on the sick and seeing them recover, these are the things that should fill our imagination. Amen. You should, you should, you know, you should sit down in your bed at night sometimes and say, Lord, what did it look like when the Red Sea parted? You know, what did it look like when the grave grave cracked open? What does it look like when the blind see and and the deaf hear? What does that look like? Or the opposite is if you say, "There's no way I could do these things." Uh huh. Right. Right, then you're, you're already shutting out faith. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, along this line, I, last, this week I was meditating on the idea of, well, I don't say meditating, it came to me that, that thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And it hit me like, when you're in heaven, you're experiencing a place where everything is filled with glory, everything is filled with the constant consciousness of God, you're in a full awareness of God, and that's what makes heaven, heaven. Mm-hmm. Right, so in earth as in heaven, is this idea of, well, if, if, if that's how I'm going to exist there, and he, then on earth as in heaven, he wants me to exist as that here. Mm. So yep. it goes along with this whole idea. It makes the whole idea of imagining myself being able to do these things so much more tenable to me because, oh, well, of course, because on earth is in heaven. Yeah. It makes so much yeah. sense. Right? You're an image bearer. That's right. So you're a glory bearer. There you mm-hmm. go. Good work. Right? And, and so as we carry the glory of God into the earth, then it should change what the earth is doing. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're talking about fruit bearing. And so here's the good news from Jesus. You're chosen. You're not an accident. Thank you. You're not an afterthought. Thank you, Lord. Right? You are not unqualified. You know, it didn't matter whether you were shirts or skins. You got called for the game. Okay? You're chosen. That's, I mean, isn't that good news? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, you're not an evolutionary aberration. You were chosen. You didn't cho- See, here's the thing. Now, I'm, again, now, you know, I, I come from a Southern Baptist tradition that has a good free will Baptist background to it. So, I, you know, I do believe in free will. I do. I do. But I also believe the will of God trumps the will of man every time. So, so you know, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not a Calvinist. I don't believe in fate. I, I, you know, I don't believe that God strong-armed me, but any, any move I made toward Him 
was a response of the moves he made toward me first. <laughs> it wasn't like I was like, oh, I was searching for God. And, and, and you know, he started out by digging an eternity hole in my gut. <laughs> and said, go find the filler. But here's the thing, we're chosen. He chose us. He chose us. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And he proves it. You know, it's, it's right before they go on this walk that he tells Peter, look, you're going to deny me three times. You know? He's the one that walked up to Peter and James and John and said, hey, drop the nets. I'll make you fishers of men. Right? He chose them. And then, when he denies the Lord, Jesus goes, finds him on the ocean front, gets him a catch of fish, and then he chooses him again. Hey, do you love me? <laughs> you really want to be in a relationship with me? Because you're going to have to do some feeding. Right? He chose us. We're chosen. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? You are not an afterthought. Okay? It's, it's so mind-boggling that he would want to choose you. He chose you. <laughs> he chose you. What, what gives you the authority to do this? Cedric, what would give you the authority to, to, to speak the gospel? The, the Lord Jesus Christ gave me the authority. Mr. Cohen, you got to be fast. Through Lord Jesus, because we are fallen and we should not speak for our own authority. No, but he, he gave you the authority. You're chosen. You're authorized. <laughs> you see? I mean, look, a police officer can walk into traffic and with his hand stop it. That's not power. Sometimes I used to be able to. <laughs> but that's that function. Yeah. That's not power. What is that? Authority. That's authority. authority. Right. That's authority. Right? Do do flashing lights stop a vehicle? No. That's a good warning. Right. But but you know, why do you pull over? Authority. He has the whole backing of the state. Right? And so you're authorized. Not only are you authorized, you're empowered, empowered. but you're chosen. And so, by being chosen, you're authorized. Oh, here's the authorization. You're appointed. Mm. The King James in this is, um, is you are ordained. Okay? That's how they translate it. Uh, yeah. We're chosen, but he confirms it with signs and wonders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's a great part, he, you know. He confirms his. He, he confirms, confirms what with signs and wonders. Speak though. Our, what he wants us to speak. That's right. He'll confirm it with signs and wonders, and so that's what we have to expect. Right, right. So he confirms. See, I'm not looking for self-confirmation. Do do I have to? Do I have to worry about God's commitment to His own word? No. No. And so if He says He's going to confirm His words with signs and miracles, what am I worried about? It's not my name on the line. Right? Sometimes we, sometimes we put ourselves like, oh, we're going to be embarrassed. Well, you know what? No. We need to let go of that. Right. So this, this appointed, um, not disappointed, this is, I, I should speak distinctly, this, T-H-I-S, appointed, <laughs> in John 15, 16, that Greek word, which I'm not going to bore you with right now, is also used in 2 Corinthians 5.19, but i got to back up a verse or two. So, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. 
All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gives us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God has, was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Think about how that may educate your sharing of the gospel. Not counting their trespasses against them, entrusted us with the ministry of reconciliation. Okay? So, I'm not here to point out your sin. I'm here to glorify the Savior from sin. They're, okay. huddled, they're huddled inside. You're standing outside with the SWAT team, pounding on the door saying, Come out, you're free. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> Whose job is it to convict of sin? Yeah. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job to convict of sin. I don't know that I've, I've ever asked my co-workers not to cuss around me. But frequently I've had them cuss and then apologize to me. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not telling them not to. I'm living my life. They recognize I don't use that language. But I just use that as an illustration. So as, as we have been entrusted with the message of reconciliation, we've, we've been chosen, we've been appointed, and we've been given the words to bring the lost to Christ. Okay? Then he says that you should go. <laughs> you should go. You should go. So, the two great commands. Love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. And the second? Love your, love your neighbor as, as yourself. yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, and so, missions starts right across the street, right next door. Yeah. You're there to, 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 to love your neighbor as yourself, right? And, um, but that going... That going is, is, a, is a daily exercise. I think missions, I think overseas missions, out-of-country missions are, are a, a fantastic eye-opener, jump-starter. Um, you know, I, I can't, I don't think you can maximize enough. I mean, Steve, Stephen's a little bit, not short-term, short but I mean real-term. Uh, if, if you've ever gone overseas to share the gospel, you know what I'm talking about. That said... It's not, go isn't limited to international. Go is like, get out of your house, you know? And, um, get out of your church. Get out of your church. And, and so, my, my concern, personally and, and corporately, has been for years that as, as Christians mature, um, their, their associations become limited more and more and more and more to just Christians. Mm -hmm. And so then we become an encouragement crew, um, but it's, it's, it's not going to grow because it's all inward focused. Well, there's, a, there's an aspect, though, to the church, which is to... Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, occupy. So mm -hmm. there is... I, I hear you, and I'm not disagreeing with you. Right, right. Because I've had this back and mm -hmm. forth in my own head, but I have accepted that, yes, that's true... Not everybody's an evangelist. It is important to have an existent body and to occupy mm. and develop that critical mass of 
believers so that when those who reach out do bring them in and there's something to bring them into. Yeah, I, I, am, um, I am of the firm belief that the assembly's primary purpose is to minister to the brethren. Yeah. I do not believe that the assembly's primary purpose is to offer an evangelistic crusade for the lost. I, I you know, I, I'm, I, I think there's a place for um, evangelistic events and... and, and um, when VBS and Sunday schools were first created, that's what they were, was evangelistic outreach. Yeah, they were outreaches. And it was the concern of parents in the churches at that time that the end result would be that they would be teaching their children. Turn it around, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's what exactly what they become. Schools. There's very few unbelievers going to Sunday school now. They're just teaching the children. They're just teaching the, the church. And yeah. so the other thing about Sunday schools was they were a there was a societal need for illiterate children, so yes. the church was doing more than indoctrinating. Yes. They were actually teaching and granting skills. You know, they were providing a school for factory workers, well, for child laborers. They were supposed to be. Right. They weren't necessarily, but they were supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Not, not saying it's not a good ministry, not trying to bad. No, 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 no. The concerns so, were accurate. <laughs> yeah. So, so look, if the, I mean, y'all here, so, you know, we do ch church a little bit different, but God... God has callings and God has places for all these things. They have uses. But as individuals, and as as we're out there, I mean I've been I've been home for five months now, so this is probably this, this is probably the most isolated I've been in my life. Yeah. How are you still breathing? I don't know. You know, so it's a strange season for me. You but Saturday sessions to Yeah, he's got gospel cabin fever. I do. He wants us all go down the street now because he's been sitting here for five months. Someone find me a soapbox. Hurry, rush. Anyhow, so. But, but as, we're, as we're in the marketplace, you know, shopping or, or walking or, like, one of, one of those slight tweaks I've made, I, I'm not, this me now, uh, you know, I, I get insular. I'm like, okay, yeah, so I'm walking in my neighborhood, so I'm just going for my walk. I don't have time to stand around talk to people. I'm walking. And, um, and people in this neighborhood do that. You know, they, 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 they do, well, I say people. They probably don't stop because I haven't stopped. That's the thing I changed. Is <laughs> I, I just started stopping, you know. Mm. And and as we get into conversation, then we exchange names. Because I I've only lived here eight years. I don't know, but like two or three neighbors. That's silly, right? Mm. So, yeah, yeah. My wife knows them all, but you know, I mean, I gotta. There's some presets that I gotta change, right? I gotta. So if I'm walking down the street and there's another human being, um. And there's an opportunity for an encounter. Well, if I'm not making room for that, am I going to have an encounter? No. no. You know? And and so, anyhow. It says, go! And, and it's good that you're bringing this up because sometimes we just forget and we are involved with what we got to do. And mm -hmm. you know what? What we're supposed to do is not necessarily what we got to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I hate to say I might have been that guy. Well, I, I mean, I, I probably would have left that that guy on the side of the road of Jericho, you know? Like, yeah, you shouldn't have been out there with the thieves, man. <laughs> I got a place to be today. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if it was going or coming, but I had the truck, uh, all the materials set up for church, and there was a homeless guy on the side of the street, and I'm like, I've got to get this stuff over there so we can set up the church. And I thought, but there's a homeless guy. So I, but I can't remember if it was when I returned the stuff or when I came back. Anyhow, either way, we did stop. It was Nikolai and myself, and we... We talked to the homeless guy and ministered to him. But. I was going to offer to tee up your big left hook and, and just say, I've, mm -hmm. I've, I've 
ministered to people I don't know, and I've ministered to people I do know. Uh -huh. And it's a whole lot easier to minister to people I don't know, uh -huh. for me. Yeah. And, and because yeah, it eliminates that barrier of familiarity. So, you know, it's like, you know, I go down and work with Neil and Norfolk or whatever. We go over to Walmart to get some water, and we're so juiced. The guy who's helping us get the water, two minutes, and we're talking, and I'm talking to him, you know, because yeah. you're in the flow of you're it. In the flow. But when you talk about my neighbors, now wait a minute, this is a different subject. Right, right. I want to reach them, but I have to realize I need to obtain that opportunity, and so I spend time praying for them, and then those conversations arise, and then I, right. you know, but anyway, so that. I, you know, I, I think those encounters with strangers are enthusiastic opportunities to sow seed. I think your neighbors are a long-term commitment. Mm -hmm. Here's your point. Mm. This, this, this may be... I, th I think this applies. You're, you remember years ago in our church, uh, you remember that guy that rode across the United States in his bicycle? Uh -huh. Yeah. And and I forget his... Dennis is yeah, Dennis. His name. Yeah. his name was Dennis. And some who who met, who met him? He, he showed up. He showed up at Lansdowne Middle School when we were doing church, Virginia Beach. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, New Life, Virginia Beach, and and he was this guy on his bicycle, homeless guy, and we just brought him. We brought him to church, and you took him home. Yeah, and and so uh, he he didn't have a place to stay, and he told us his story, you know, and and he he would be traveling across the country on his bicycle, and he stopped. To f try to find a place to sleep at night in a sleeping bag, you know, yeah. and and he would go sometimes to a church and some and ask if he could sleep there, and sometimes they'd turn him down. Yeah. He I, he told us, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, he came to a meeting and uh, he didn't have a place to go that night, and nobody really wanted to take him to their home because we didn't know. No, he was. But so what we did, uh, uh, we. We took an offering, and he didn't know how much it was. And I took him. I think I took him over uh, to. Uh, you got him someplace to bed down. I thought you took I him home. I took him to a hotel down on the strip, a, a cheaper hotel. Right. And he didn't. I, I could see the hesitancy, and he didn't. You know, he knew he had an envelope with some money from us, but he didn't know how much was in it. And he's probably figuring twenty or thirty bucks or something. But it was considerable. It was substantial. And, and, yeah. and uh, uh, I said, "Well, I'm taking you to a hotel." He said, "Well," he says, "You know," and I he didn't want to spend all the money right. in the hotel for the night. He uh -huh. wanted to save it. And, yeah. Right. So and so I said no, and I took him in there, and he got a room, and I he came back uh, the next week or a couple. He of hung days. with us for several months. Well, he got was, employed. He got on his feet. He really? was yeah. blown away yeah. because. We gave him enough for the hotel plus a whole boat, lot more. Oh yeah. But uh, and he ended up working for my son uh, mm -hmm. as a roofer, and uh, but I, it, it, you know, the guy, I mean, he he didn't have the best, you know, uh, credentials or all that. You know, he'd done some stuff wrong. I'm sure, not real. Yeah, better. like the rest of us. But uh, he. I, we reached out to him and we helped him, and, yeah. and he was around for quite a while, for quite a few months. Right. Yeah. Dennis is his name. I don't know whatever happened to him. I so I lost track of him when he got the gig uh, putting up um, cell towers. So he got a climbing job yeah. um, putting up antennas on towers, and and he started traveling the country again. And that's where I lost track. 
but it, it, it's so the the thing the thing with revelation in in terms of word of knowledge, word of wisdom, directional type stuff, it it really comes online as you follow or obey general edicts. Mm -hmm. So go <laughs> right. So go when you start crossing the street or you just go. Then God gets specific. Go here. But if you're not on the go part, you don't get to the here part. Right. And, and so I was meditating on this today. You know, God knows what he was doing when he, when he took prophecy as a term and, and made it what I call a cellophane term. It covers a lot of ground, right? In terms of, you know, you've got, uh, you've got the gift of grace or, or the motivational gift of, of prophecy. You've got the manifestation gift of prophecy. You've got the ministry of a prophet. You've got um, the prophetic. And, and so, but really, the people of God, um, as, as shown by uh, what Moses um, told Joshua and Joel's prophecy, and the people of God are to be a prophetic people. You know, to, to, to walk by the Spirit is, is to walk in that spirit, that, that, you know, spirit of prophecy. And that spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, it, it, it requires the impartation of the gospel is a Holy Spirit cooperation that goes beyond intellectual impartation. Mm -hmm. It is, it is a, and His words cut them to the heart. It is a function of using the sword of the Spirit in a way that cuts through the morass of the world and causes a decision. That, that's, mm. You can't do that effectively without walking in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. God minds His own word. Mm -hmm. Paul said, look, you know, some preach Christ out of contention and, 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 you know, some out of, I forget the other comparative, but, you know, He'll watch over His own word. God's mm -hmm. word goes out. He's not going to let it come back void. But there's this question of effectiveness and impact mm -hmm. that, you know, when, when you're in a place and you're communicating, are, are you an agent of change? Are you, are, you, are you changing the attitudes? Are you, are you causing questions? Are you, are you an agent provocateur, you know? I mean, do you walk up to people and they think life and people are one way? When they meet you, a new breeze has gone by. Life is really, I mean, this is different. They say, gosh, that was unusual. I had the strangest thing. I had this, guy came Yeah, today. I had the strangest encounter. Yeah. Right? And, and it's okay because we're. I'm not talking about you know. I'm, I'm not talking about augmented unusual, mm -hmm. like you know. I, I you know. Like notice me, you know. No, but but the factor that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Right. That there's this love and hope that you're carrying. Right. You know that you should you should set aside Christ as Lord in your heart and have an answer to anyone who asks you for the hope that lies within you. Why are you so happy? Yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, yeah, I've why joked, are you always so positive about what's going on? I, I, I've, I've joked about this, but it's really, how many times I've been threatened with a drug test from my employer? <laughs> you know, it's like, we're going to get you tested, you know? 
Okay. Like, where are your happy pets? <laughs> like, hey, hey, the world blew up. It's coming close. <laughs> you know? We're coming back There's soon. There's something wrong with yeah, it. Right. I mean, I tell you what. I'll change a whole bunch of things. If I turn on the TV and I find out from Fox News that a third of the water supply just turned to blood, Okay, I'm going to be a post-trib or a mid-trib immediately, but then I'm going to be really expected, right? I'm like, this is exciting news. Yeah. Another natural disaster? Whoopee! I, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to be facetious. We're with you. We're with you. Okay? So, so, so we go. In the meantime, there's wars. And there's rumors of wars. wars, right? Okay. Just like he promised. Look, he said, I'm only on slide three, guys. Um, yeah. All right, you're chosen. You're appointed. I was worried I didn't have enough for you today. Um, you should go, right, and bear fruit that abides. Amen. Bear fruit that abides. So your choosing and your appointing is to reproduce disciples that abide with Jesus like you do. You like that? That's brand. That's not brand new, but I, you know... I mean, that's your appointment. That's Fruit, this, this abiding yeah. is the, if you abide in me, and you abide in my, it's that same word, you know, to, to abide, to live in him. And so, he wants your fruit to, to abide, okay? It's, it's, um, have you ever led someone to the Lord and then met them later and they're agnostic? It's very distressing. I've led people into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they're, they're you know, not walking with Jesus. That's crusher. Well, that's not my appointment, no. right? I mean, I want that fruit to abide and reproduce. Yes, me. I like that that command. Go. Go. I like to expand that. Okay. Go and as you go. Oh, yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That changes it a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And Here. you know, the word. If you speak the word to them, the word itself is going to do its job. Yeah. The word is the seed. You're going to say, Eddie? I forgot. Okay. You're going to say that it's, it's the individual's responsibility if they continue with Jesus. I think that's what you're going to say. It's not... That's exactly what you're going to say. But, so, um, anyhow, and it's true, but again, the promise is, this is my expect. what's your expectancy? If, if, if your expectancy, um, you know, some of you have met Bobby Pollard. Bobby Pollard is an evangelist. I, I am not an evangelist, you know, but but we're all supposed to do the work of an evangelist. Right. Right? It's all of our responsibility. It's not just the evangelist's responsibility. But I noticed that the difference between Bobby and me was that he saw harvest. Right. I saw a field. Okay? Right. I saw a field. I saw myself as a seed scatterer. He, was, he saw harvest. He had he, was, he had a reaper in his hand. He, he was like, oh, he for is Jesus. effective. For Jesus. He is effective. <laughs> and I thought, you boy, walk with him and there's some yeah. great people end up being, that he, he ends up being to the Lord. Right. And, and sometimes an hour. Yeah, so all i got to do is just change my perspective because he saw the field like Jesus did. Jesus said it was right for harvest. John 15. So let's back up now and start at John 15. You know, after 14, he says, okay, let's get up, let's go take a walk. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Hmm. Well, there's a sobering word. Every branch that's not bearing fruit, well, we know from what he says later that the non-fruit-bearing branch is the branch that didn't decide to stay hooked to what? The vine. The vine. 
the vine. Right. And it becomes worth nothing else but fuel for the fire. Well, I don't want to be fuel for the fire. I want to be a burning bush that's not consumed. Right? You know, that the voice of God comes out of? <laughs> Think about that? <laughs> I hadn't thought about applying it that way. That's not an interpretation, by the way. That is just an application of Scripture. I don't want to be a burnt up dry branch. I want to be a burning bush that's not consumed, that speaks with the voice of God. Prefer God living in here, right? Amen. Amen. That's how we deliver powerful testimony to a dying world. Every branch of mine, I'm telling you what, even if it's a dried up branch that winds up being taken away, whose branch is it? It's the Lord's branch. And once He has you, He has you. Okay? He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes. That it might bear more fruit. And that pruning hurts sometimes. It can. Pruning hurts. But, but because pruning... Because it's a part of yourself and He's like, you don't need it, so I'll cut it off. And you're like, why? Yeah. Now... You all are familiar with the Hebraism of uh, parallelism, right? Mm -hmm. Two lines that say the same thing. You know, you, you see this in the Psalms all the time. Again, the New Testament is Hebraic thought sent to us in Greek language. Okay? So you've got to watch the parallelism and you miss it in English. Because, particularly in the ESV. Because they translate it as prune. That it may bear more fruit. And then he says in verse 3, you, Already you are clean... Because of the word that I've spoken to you. It's so any, cleansing instead of pruning. Any, that's it. It's cleansing instead of pruning. The, it, it, and in this application, it does mean pruning, but the word is cleansing. Let me show it to oh, you. Oh, wow. Let me show it to you. It's pruning. That the, makes a lot of more sense. Yeah. In the King James Version, it, it, it's translated as, he purges the bit. Okay? Say that real fast five times. Purges the bit. He purges the bit. He purges it. All right? Now, if you're bearing, how many of you bearing fruit? Bearing fruit? Well, I had a whole bunch of kids. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, that counts. You raised them. Re regardless of your level of fructility. <laughs> why don't you recite for us the fruits of the Spirit? Because that, I think, is part of it. We think of fruit as getting people saved, and that's very narrow scope. But it's, I, Love, but yeah, peace, I mean, joy, patience, righteousness, all these are the fruits of the Spirit. Sense. Right. So, you're... you're Abel just closed the meeting. Uh, that was the last verse. <laughs> right. I, I felt it was important to define. It's, no, you're right. You're going to go there. Right. We're going to go there. All right. All right. Are we having fun? I yet? love church. Can I get on my soapbox? Not yet. I'm going to read 522. We're on this thought. Sorry, I didn't mean to steer it. All right. 522. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such there is no law. Against now, to whatever degree you have fruit in your life, God is interested in there being more. Okay? So, now, Steve's going to have to help me because I'm probably thinking of the wrong song. Tree planted by the water. Is that Psalm 2? Uh, that's Psalm... You shall be a tree and that bring forth fruit in this season. Are you turning your arms? Yeah, yeah. What, what, which psalm is that? He was asking oh, if you would kindly turn the air back. No. <laughs> he, he says a little chilly. 
Tree planted by the waters. What is that? Where is I that? turned it up one degree to 70. I said I turned it up to 92. Yeah, this Psalm 1. Psalm 2. I got ahead of myself. <laughs> I turned it up. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. Thank you, Heidi. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Now, understand, revelation is revelation. Revelation, hold the thought, revelation is is given to us in symbol. Now, I believe that there's an actual tree of life. I believe that there's an actual stream that runs from the throne of God. I believe all that. But I also believe that as, as, a, as, as people of God who are meditating on God, we are trees planted by living water giving fruit in due season. What is the fruit of the tree of life for? Healing of the nations. No, no, no. The fruit is to feed. The leaves don't wither. The leaves are for the healing of the nation. The fruit is feed. Right? So, so listen. This world needs a massive dose of self-control. This world needs a massive dose of gentleness, goodness, love, joy. Peace, kind, all these things needs it, needs it, needs it. You're walking around and you got it. Well, maybe you encounter a need that, that's, that's just beyond a change of, I hate to use the cliche, a change of atmosphere, um, but you encounter a need of, of physical brokenness, heart brokenness, brain brokenness, whose leave shall not wither, to heal the nation. So when you look at Jesus' instructions of his disciples when he sent them out, okay, he gave them, he gave them the gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom of heavens at hand. Repent, the kingdom of heavens at hand. But they weren't starting that way. Heal the sick. <laughs> Cleanse the leper. Look for the man of peace. And if they won't take your peace, shake the dust off your feet. What are they delivering? Fruit. What are they, what are they using? Leaves. Right? So this is what we're doing. Alright, daughter. What? Okay. Um, well, now I want a second thought. But it's the so nutrients. God wants more fruit of us, but if we are continuing to give fruit, with that's like the ecosystem, it in turn... It's going gonna, it's gonna to be in there. It's forward. You're, you're two slides ahead of me. Okay? Yay. Yeah, you didn't see it, but it's there. The church is on board. So she's talking about nutrients. We're going to talk about nutrients. He purges of it, right? This word is the, the word kathiro, to cleanse from filth. So you think about pruning, and you think about shaping a tree. Maybe you're taking off stuff that's it's taking, it's not producing, right? It's taking energy from the plant, but it's not producing food. So you're eliminating those branches when they're doing that. Or you're making a dormant, that kind of a thing. But the word's a bit stronger than that. In this application, right, the understanding in context is we are talking about pruning. But we're taking filth out of the plant. We're removing filth. Cathyro. Uh, I, I have a daughter named Catherine. Okay, that's, what this, that's where that name comes from. 
We talk about a cathartic experience. That's where that term comes from. When you're cleansed from something, right? Where you let it go. So, even fruit bearing, we've got some cleaning. So God cleans us out so that we could bear more fruit. And then Jesus says in verse 3, you are clean. But you are clean because of the word that I've spoken unto you. Because it's hard to have self-control, love, joy, peace, patience when you're bitter, angry, and frustrated. When you have the sins of the flesh at the attendant. Absolutely. That clean is katharos, another form of the same word. That means free from, from impure admixture. The something else is no longer there. Hmm. Right? I'm being purified. I'm not, I'm not admixed. Praise God. Right? And this good? Mm -hmm. He's, he says, look, God's going to clean you, and you're clean because I've been cleaning you. This is the same thing he says in the prayer later. Right? Um, you're clean through the word that I've spoken unto you. John 17, 17. Sanctify them with your truth. Your word is truth. Right? Ephesians 5 and, and the instructions to husbands. Husbands have a responsibility to speak the word of Christ over their wives as Christ does the church. So what is Jesus? Is Jesus a good husband? Yes. yes. Right? And so what is Jesus? Do you think Jesus stopped talking his word to you? No. No. So I would say the cleansing power of the word exists in, if you think about soaps or cleaners that you use, the ones that are really astringent, but the cleansing power of the word is in the convict, the, 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 um, the strength of the conviction. So we got to be really careful because a lot of times I think when you think about hellfire preachers, I mean, these are guys who are using bleach on people to try and get them clean, but that can be very destructive. Be so true. you've got to dial back your cleansing power when you, you've got to let the Spirit do the convicting work, and I encounter this at work all the time. I have to be mindful of who I am around and what I'm with and realize, you know, they can only handle so much. So we're going to use very mild soapy water here because if I throw bleach at them, it's just going to burn them and they're going to run away. Yeah. It's the washing water of the Word. So water... Water is called the universal solvent. <laughs> right? Oh, there you go. Water yeah. is very... Water is, the, water is the universal solvent. And it's, 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 it's natural. It's effective. It's cleansing. It's refreshing. It's not it's, a matter of pH. It's not an ammonia. It's right, not an acid. Right. So it's, it's water. So that to, to, with the washing water of the Word, you're clean to the Word that I've spoken unto you. Are you blessed? Is this good? Yeah. Is, yeah. is this hitting yeah. you? Okay. So I'll keep going. Um... Jesus said in Mark 4, 8, And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Okay? So, there are levels of fruitfulness in our lives, and I'll go over it, three, three basic levels that, that you experienced and are experiencing. Your own first fruits experience out of the grave, um, your fruit in the spirit and your fruit of reproduction, but this is talking about this is talking about all of it, but with a reference to reproduction. Okay, these these are individuals who out of a heart and they bring forth this abundance. So your life should reproduce. Yes. And and you know some are some are thirty, some are sixty, some are a hundredfold. Your yield is determined by God. You don't determine your, your... See, all you got to do is yield. 
You determine soil. He determines yield. I planted, Apollos watered. Who gave the increase? God gave the increase. And so if there is a, if there is a minister or ministry, and they're seeing tens of thousands of people coming to Jesus, and you led two people to the Lord, you're no less a saint unless you're living under your yield potential. But yields is the Lord's. You're responsible for watering, and you're responsible for sowing. That's what you're responsible for. This is why when it talks about preaching in Scripture, a main word translated preaching is, is, is where you know, we get a, it's Caruso. Okay? Um, and that just, that's like the town crier comes out and pulls it. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. It is thus declaimed. And then rolls it up, walks out. <laughs> you know, no responsibility for where, where the message went. Just that the message got out. Okay? Anyhow. God gives the increase. So, I'm talking about fruitfulness in that direction as well. Reproduction. What if we aren't fruitful? What, what does the Word have to say to us if we're not fruitful? We read some of that already. That the ones that aren't bearing fruit, He takes away. Matthew 3. Uh, this, is, this is John the Baptist. John the Baptist's ministry was to do what? Prepare the way for, for Jesus. So, you know, if we want to make Jesus' paths in our hearts, it's good to listen to what John's saying, right? Because that's his entire ministry. The greatest prophetic ministry of the Amen. Old Covenant Amen. was to make Jesus' paths in your heart. Matthew 3, verse 8. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So, regardless of where you are in your walk with Christ, where you're being cleansed by the Word of God... Fruit comes out analogous to that repentance. Right? If you're a thief, you become a giver. If you're a liar, you become a truth teller. Get it? Okay? Fruit keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God's able to make these stones to raise up children for Abraham. You, you think Sarah having a baby was something? <laughs> You know, if you walk by, Jesus is saying, look, you walk by a rock and a baby crawl out, and it's going to have the genetic code of Abraham. So don't tell me. I know it's hyperbole, but this is what Jesus said. God can do it. Right? I chose you. Who's talking there? John's talking. But, you know, John's talking. You walk by this rock. Jesus said, you know, the rocks cry out. Yeah. They have a lot of stones sitting around there. A lot of stones sitting around. Maybe that's part of, you know, Stones of the Gentiles. You know, I know, I don't know. The thing of it is, is that when we lose focus as to who's the focus, yeah. That's it right there. we got a problem. It ain't about us. It's about him. <laughs> it's about what he's accomplishing, it's about what he's doing, it's about what he wants. That's what it's about. That brings great relief to me. You gotta go there. You just pained me, man. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, so I think we're in this. So one of the hardest things to do, I think, in the Christian experience is what I would say: learn to live by grace. And what I mean that is, I look at grace as the divine influence upon the heart. It's God helping me to do what I can't do myself. So if I'm a really strong stop, young, stop, stop. God helping me to do what I cannot do myself. What I cannot do myself. God helping me to do what I cannot do myself. I love doing church this way 
because I don't got to preach everything and you get like foreshadowing everything that's coming down the pike. Okay. Go. So it's just, it's just another, it's, it was Strong's definition for charis, which is grace, and it's Jesus, same thing Jesus said, apart from me you can do nothing. So in the Christian experience, when I'm thinking about my neighbor, I know I can't just get up and go over there, so I pray into it. But what it is, is help me to do what I can do. But what I'm realizing now is that it took me a long time to learn to live by grace, to because I'm so, I got to get it done, and I'll go, and, and I had to be broken down to where I wouldn't rely on myself anymore. This is what brokenness is for, uh -huh. and so I learned to rely on, okay, God, today I'm going to rely on you, and so I, I, I learned to live by grace, so when I'm in a situation, I can't fix this. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to see what you're going to do, but now I'm realizing there's, a, there's, a, there's almost a different level of, I would say it's the transition from in the same way that I transitioned from I'll do it myself to I can't do it myself to I'm going to do it by your grace, now there's a place of going from by grace to living for grace. In other words, God had to drag me to get to the place where I would learn to rely on Him. But once I got there, the water was good. And I said, Oh, oh any other way. Let's just do this let's do it every this day. Way. So, yeah. so, it's so much easier. recently I've had an experience of like, you know, I've spent so many years waking up in dread of the day. And I'm like, God, help me get through this day. God, help me get through this day. And I learned to rely. But then the, the other day I recently woke up and I'm like, I'm going to live for grace today. I'm going to get in anticipation of what grace will do Dude, for today. me today. And yeah. there's such a different energy. Huge difference. Yeah. That it's, I, oh my gosh. It's not, that's, I'm not here because you dragged me. It's here. Let's, let's run this flag up the hill. It's a whole different way of looking at it. Amen. It's, it reminds me of the times where I was like, I was stressed about things going wrong. And there were moments in time where I actually got excited about things going wrong because then, okay, God, how are you going to fix yeah, it? <laughs> good example. Very good example. Because you anticipate, it, it just right? flips. It's all of a sudden, things can go wrong, no problem. God's just going to fix it in a crazy exactly. way that I never anticipated. And that was the thing I realized. When you're living for grace, you no longer, um, like, I'm no longer hypervigilant. Like, mm. I don't have to be hypervigilant because it doesn't matter because grace is going to lock me in there. It takes so much of the fear out of life yeah. and, and because you're you're like a kite that's hungry for the wind at that point. Woo! Woo! That's a good one too. Yeah, hey, did you get that from someone or did you write it? No, that just came out of my Oh mind. man, <laughs> you're like a kite that's hungry for the wind. That's yeah. a word, brother. He's, a, a he's an author. Dude. I'm going to take that that's, one. That's going to be in one of his books. Oh man, life. that's good. That's good. That's a good Look, title. John said, even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Good fruit. Good fruit. But not only is it a matter of fruitfulness, it's a matter of what your fruit is like, right? So, this is where my morning meditations and evangelism and fruitfulness intersected. <laughs> okay? Uh, Luke 13 and verse 6. He told this parable, Jesus did. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. I stopped there. We know Jesus' reaction to unfruitful fruit trees, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> comes a time where he just says, Look, you're actually dead, you might as well be dead. Okay. Embrace it. He said to the vine dresser, Look, three years now, I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree, I find none. Cut it down. 
Why should it use up the ground? He answered him saying, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it, put on manure, and if you should bear fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. Alright? Now, I read this, I thought, boy, this will preach, but it might get some people upset. <laughs> what is it about dirt and dung that makes you more fruitful? <laughs> Lord, Lord, I want to be more fruitful. Let me dig up your dirt and give you some dung. Yeah, right. Okay? Why is my life so... Why is my, why is my life so dungy? Well, maybe you need some more fruity. <laughs> All right. If you start another one just on your machine and turn it around. Well, I mean, I didn't get anything from Mr. James saying he wanted back in. Okay, then we're good. That's what I was saying. I have Mary thinks I'm a mushroom. She keeps me in a dark feature. Don't say it. So Leviticus 19, verse 23. When you come into the land and plant any kind of tree for food, then you should regard its fruit as forbidden. Three years, it'll be forbidden to you. It must not be eaten. In the fourth year, all its fruit shall be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. But in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit to increase its yield for you. I am the Lord your God. See, Jesus, you hear a parable from Jesus and you think, boy, he's just really inventing stuff. No, he's the Word of God. And so he... He tells this parable about this fig tree planted, and for three years it's not giving any fruit. Now God says, even if it's giving fruit, it's forbidden. It's uncircumcised. Let's go through this fruit development. The first three years, the fruit is forbidden. King James translates it as uncircumcised. Now, we have in Scripture um, admonitions like, don't put a novice in charge of anything. That's a bad move. You know, you get a new convert, um, don't put them as an elder, <laughs> you know. He, he was famous in some other area, so you're going to yeah, raise you, him you, up. Yeah, you're going to throw him out there. And so, uh, I don't know if it's such a big thing now. It used to be a thing in the 80s and 90s, you know, where, where um, evangelicals love to talk about born-again celebrities. Yeah. And then they became, still a thing in the sports world. It's yeah, they, they became the poster children for the faith, you know. And then their faith got blown up. Right? So you, so you take, and, and by the way, this is actually a, um, this, is, this is part of the recruiting tool for the Church of Scientology. They, they built an entire church just to reach out to celebrities so they could use celebrities to bilk other people for money. You know, yeah. I don't know why we're involved in that business. The thing of it is, is that, look, if you're discipling somebody, and you will, if you're not, well, it's not that they can't share their joy, but their joy, their love, their peace, that's for them. Develop <laughs> their own tree, bro. It's Yeah, yeah, you start, you take them and try to make them a feeding frenzy for the lost. Okay, now I'm not saying... nothing left to give. Right, I'm not saying that's a hard and fast three calendric years, you know, three rotations of the earth around the sun. Because spirit time works a bit different. Than, than natural time, but the principle's the same. And so the real hard, eternal thing that we have in this um, is the three. And three is the number for completeness in Scripture. Love, joy, peace, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, I mean three. No matter two or three witnesses, shall I? So it's complete. So with reference to fruit, 
we're talking about fruit actually coming to maturity. That that tree is having time to develop mature fruit, complete fruit. Okay? With all the healthy nutrients. With all the stuff it's supposed to have in it. And it says the fourth year, that fruit is to be holy. Now that means set aside to the Lord, right? It's, a, it's an offering of praise. So I, I'm just sharing this as, as, a, as a help in terms of developing fruit. Yes, ma'am. Could it also be the tithe? Um, it's, it's an offering, so it's, it's beyond tithe. But yeah, it's in that same offering place. I think applicationally where it falls for us um, is, is the offering part. But see, four is the number for creation and for the earth. You know, the four corners of the earth, the four winds of the earth. I mean, you can follow this through. I mean, you follow the number four through, um, through it. And, I, I mean, you could just really go on a heyday. I mean, Jesus, Jesus shows up on the fourth day of the week of millennium. And anyhow, there's four seasons. There's four seasons. There's so look, Cycles. look. Psalm twenty-four one says the earth is the Lord's mm -hmm. and the fullness thereof. Right? I want to read the verse though, because we're talking about fruitfulness. We're talking about outreach, and we're talking about increase, and we're talking about evangelism. We're talking about all these things. Psalm twenty-four, verse one. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Okay? So here is the doublet. Here is the Hebraism, the parallelism. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein. See, God is concerned about His creation. But the part of this creation he's most concerned about is Adam. As in mankind. Right? So, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Because the that, world... Because that, that's who has eternal life. Right. And or those death, who dwell in it. One or the other. So, so, you know, as we're discipling, or even as we're developing, if you're developing new fruit in your life, then you need, you need seasons hooked. I mean, you need to stay to the vine all the time. Right? We stay hooked to the vine all the time. And, and, but we let that fruit develop, and He will release for when that fruit is available. Now, there are portions of your fruit that are available all the time. So I don't want to get, you know, I'm not trying to get rigid in some sort of kind of a formula here. But as, as we're developing and fruit comes to maturity, look, this offering... If I offer something up to God, then God brings back harvest, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm just—I don't even know if I'm drawing a clear application for you or myself. I'm just opening your 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 your, your eyes to, to to meditate on this for a bit, right? Because mm -hmm. Jesus is talking to the the guy who owns the garden. He says, "Hey, look, this thing. Look, let's dig up the ground. Let's let's put some dung around it. What are we going to do? Because he did this for three years. He didn't see any fruit." We gotta let that fruit develop. This is the law in Leviticus. You go in there, you plant a fruit tree. First three years, it's uncircumcised. Fourth year, it's holy. It's a praise to the Lord. Hebrews thirteen five. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Yeah. You know what? I spoke the same typo. I corrected when I put the slide together. Um, 
so it's an entrenched mistake. But, uh, verse 15, Through Him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that acknowledges His name. So as that fruit becomes mature, then we offer that fruit up in praise. Right? Oh, that makes sense and, to me now. And, yeah, and we're, and we're acknowledging His name. Yeah. So, any, any reach out, any reach out has to first have a reach up. Hmm. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is the cross. Mm-hmm. And any reach out has to be preceded by a reach up. Mm-hmm. So that in the fourth year, four being the number for creation in the world, that fruit is offered up. The, so you are magnifying God. You're acknowledging the name of God. Mm-hmm. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I mean, each, each of those names... So, Lord, Lord is representative of all the covenant names of God. Yahweh Nisi, uh, Yahweh Roi, I mean, the Lord our banner, the Lord our, our shepherd, the Lord our healer, the Lord, all these redemptive things that Yahweh said He was. That's Lord. Jesus, Yeshua, God with us, right? Christ, the anointed. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the name above every name by which all <coughs> should kneel. Right? Authority. Authority. So for, for people who are kind of new in the Lord, I think, so you're saying the tree is like a person. So as they begin to produce fruit, there doesn't need to be a rush. Paul took 13 years or whatever. The point is you begin to produce that fruit, and then once that fruit begins to go upward, right. after that, then you begin to have a fruit that can be... Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we read. I wish I had heard this years ago. Well, it is on the Paul thing. It's the... It goes straight into Paul's thing, okay. actually, because he goes, you know, as, as a child, I acted like as a child, as a man, I became a man. It's the same thing. You can't expect a child to be fully you grow into grow. Right. So, so here, here Paul has a, a divine encounter with Jesus, right? He, the, the resurrected Christ encounters Paul. And, and the Holy Spirit revitalizes his entire pharisaical understanding. He was trained in the law by Gamaliel. Gamaliel comes from the school. I'm, I'm going to get deep in the woods, but anyhow, the school that Gamaliel came from was the charismatic branch of Judaism. Okay. Okay. It, you know, you had this one. You had two main rabbis whose name escaped me right now. Hillel. But but uh, Hillel. That's that's one of them. But I don't know if that was it. So you had the one side that was more Sadducee. You know, um, uh, intellectual, yeah, political. Then you had what I call the charismatic branch, um, and he came from that stream. Okay, and that stream led him to kill Christians. And then he encounters Jesus, and he goes, he goes right to the street. And then what happens? Well, he about he about buys it. <laughs> he about buys it. They got to let him out over the wall. He escapes Damascus. He goes and visits uh, the, the apostles in Jerusalem. And I'm going really fast forward here. But he pays a visit and they're all like, you know, I, you know, I mean, Barnabas has to intercede. Because they're like, this is, this, is a, you know, this is a church killer here. We don't want him in the meeting. What are you, crazy? And then he goes off into Arabia for like 14 years. 
Oh, this was this Paul. Uh, this song. He goes, this was before he went to Arabia. I didn't. Right. Know. All this, you know. Okay. He, he 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 gets saved. I, I he comes out of Damascus. Okay. He's in he's in it for like three years. He goes over to uh, Jerusalem, and then boom, he's 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 out. He's like you know you follow the timeline. He's out of main circuit for fourteen years, where he's just faithfully growing that fruit, and then Antioch gets established, and they bring in. Prophets and teachers. Barnabas was in the teacher camp. Paul was in, I mean, Barnabas was in the prophet camp. Paul was in the teacher camp. And they bring him into Antioch, and that's when the Holy Spirit said, Separate out to me, Saul and Barnabas, for the work where I called them. And then they, then they have the ministry of an apostle, and they get sent out. Okay? Understand that these, these five, these gift ministries are appointments. Anyhow, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm getting way off pace. But this is how, but, but this, the, the point being is, is that, is that to, there was a 14-year span of development to get from a Pharisee to the Gentiles and Jews being one body with Christ. In a walk that was fit for consumption. And, and, and the, other, the other apostles, they, they weren't getting that. that. Yeah, you know, that, I mean, that was a disruptor. But, you know, you read Acts, and, and we think, you know, born again today, and I'm walking on water tomorrow. It can happen. Mm -hmm. You know, but... There's development. God, God invented time so you can develop. We keep trying to shortchange mm -hmm. it and make microwaves and fast transit and all this kind of stuff. God's like, I got the clock. Too bad. <laughs> you know, you I don't behave. I can just stop it. the clock. I, I honestly, and maybe I'm all wet, but honestly, I, I think that's where I'm still living is because, you know, I'm, you know, I still need to develop. You know, <laughs> I still need you. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's, I'm on the right road. In other words, but hopefully, really. our, our, people that are not on the right road, they die. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they mercifully get given a, an upgrade. So that's your four. Holy to the Lord. Praise. So when, when we're involved, when, 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 see, Jesus said, what you hear whispered in the ear, shout from the rooftops. To get the whisper, you got to be in the closet. You don't go to the concert hall first. You go to the closet first to get the word that you can shout. Okay, so so you this can't this hear a whisper off too much noise. Yeah, you know? this 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 upreach before the outreach. Okay, this praise, this fourth year fruit development, and 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 setting aside Christ as Lord in your heart that you might have an answer. See, the set aside starts first, and then the answer comes. Right. That's the fourth year. Fifth year, eat the fruit that it may yield its increase. Eat the so now you're in the fifth year and you're consuming the fruit, and the consumption of the fruit somehow makes it available for more fruit to grow. At some point in time, it becomes counterproductive for the tree not to have its fruit feed. Okay? Mm -hmm. Five. Five is the number for grace in Scripture. Mm -hmm. Five is four plus one. Four is creation, the world, right? Human weakness perfected by divine grace. That's what you'd said, right? Five. We can't do it on our own. Can't do it on our own. A, a, a nation of slaves marched out as an army. When God delivered them. In Exodus 13, 18, they, they marched out, braced for battle. 
I think is uh, the King James. I didn't check the ESV, but I will do so now. Um, Exodus 13, and I'm hoping I put the right reference there. And um, verse 18, it said, God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea, and the people went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle, it says in the ESV. When you look into the Hebrew, they were in five columns. They came out in five columns, braced for battle. They were an army marching. Mm. Five. How many stones did David pick up? Five. Five. Okay, I mean, this... Anyhow. I've studied numbers enough in Scripture. Let's just, I'm just letting you know. You can look into it yourself. This is solid stuff. God's communicating. Because it's not, He's not into formulas. Now, if I plant... If I'm going to follow the creator of the earth and I plant fruit trees on my, on my mm. property, I'm not eating them for three years. That's practical. I'm going to apply that scripture right down to the bone. If, and I, if I'm going to use cattle to tread my corn, I'm not going to muzzle them. Okay? Alright? I mean, that's practical. That's boom. But when we come to applying it, we've got to hear the eternal truth that applies, the mm -hmm. spirit of it, right? Mm -hmm. And the spirit, see, spirit time runs at a different cyclic rate than natural time. And we, we just have to follow the Lord in it. Mm. We have to follow the Lord in it, let fruit mature, be involved in this upward reach so that we can do the outreach, mm. right? We're mm -hmm. consuming the fruit and we're feeding the nations. Um, and it's, it's our weakness is perfected by His divine strength and grace, as Abel was sharing, you know, living for grace, what grace is doing through me, the life I now live, I don't... You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I live by the faith of the Son of God. Yeah. I'm just meditating on this, the first three years thing. I think there's two things. You know, with, with um, bulb plants, you know, sometimes you don't, you, when, when they've grown their leaf, you, you don't cut them. You, you, you maybe you tie their leaves, but you, you want to leave the leaf as it goes into the hibernation season right. because it draws the energy back, or draws the nutrient back into the bulb and it makes it a stronger bulb. And also with fruit, so I don't know if fruit trees do that. But if the fruit is just left, it will fall to the ground and it will feed the it's tree. The so oh, wow. it, it, re it cultivates it itself. Everything that, that rots oh, actually you... seeps nutrients back into the ground. And are we ready for the fertilizer? Yep. All right. Oh, okay. Perfect time. <laughs> he answered, Luke 13, 8, he answered and said, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put manure on it. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I feel so barren. You know, I, I don't, I, mean, I don't know what's your life. I just, and then, and then your ground, <laughs> for dust you are, the dust you return. Mm -hmm. Then your flesh starts getting torn up, and everything seems like, what's going on? Well, maybe you're just getting fertilized. Some, some yeah, good gardening yeah. from the Lord. I would argue there's even an aspect of humiliation that comes along with that, because it can be if somebody dumps all that on you, isn't that a little humiliating? There might, stink, there might be flies flying yeah. around. There might be. I like to take it as um, constructive criticism. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Torn dirt and manure. And then, it's, then you're right back around to it's not about you. It's not about you, it's about him. Look how rich my food is. Torn dirt and manure. I, I'm, still, I'm still aghast at a God who designs a planet that turns the food that his creatures eat into the very thing that makes the food grow. 
That's it. John Cecil won the organic gardener thing because yeah. that Because it's self-sustaining. Because yeah. it's brilliant. And yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What's your experience? Do you grow when life is rough? Nope. Yeah. What'd you say, Hannah? Usually. Oh, <laughs> you either grow or you die. Yeah. You, you <laughs> said grow? last week that, uh, that, that wasn't you that said oh, trees only grow in the valley or something like that? No, or maybe that was a different thing. But trees only grow in the valley. The point is, is that's where the fruitfulness comes from, is in the low points. That's of where life. the water is. You were talking about this. You were talking about that. Well, but you mentioned about the, uh, the tree. Mr. Cole was the talking the about like the trees and life being in the valley. Who? Yeah. Uh, one of. Okay. Us so, somebody said the trees are in the valley. Or something. Yeah. It doesn't break you, makes you stronger. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, so we all have major what we call traumatic events in life. You know, God says, God says, I'm a father of the fatherless, right? And, and so I lost dad at 13, um, 14, I got a bunch of mentors, and they were the ones that were available, so let's not talk about where they came from, let's just talk about what they did. Mm -hmm. they, they taught me to work, they taught me, they, they disciplined me, they, they loved on me, they instructed me, and then they were going away, because they were only there for a year, so I'm, I'm at this campground, I'm, I'm now 15 years old, I'm at this campground, and we're coming toward the end of the week of this of this festival. Rock, these, Rock of Rangers. Yeah, yeah. And these people are leaving, and and I'm just it's like one o'clock in the morning. Fifteen year old kid, and I'm walking around this camp, and like twenty, thirty thousand people are camping out in this cornfield in Ohio, right? And I'm just walking out, and it's not that I've not heard God before, but I, I it was probably one of the most intense father downloads I'd ever received in my life where he was just comforting me and letting me know he had me and what he's going to do with me and just you know, I'm just bawling like a child because I'm a child. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm an orphan child, but I'm not an orphan child because mm -hmm. the creator of the heavens and the earth is just walking right beside me yeah. and he's telling me everything's going to be okay, what I need to do, what's going on. We leave this place and the people I'm riding with and the van we're in, it, it was one of these situations where every time I fell asleep, the world blew up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... You know, I'm on low sleep, I'm a kid, I'm with a, well, I'm with a bunch of 20-somethings, we're, we're heading out through Indiana, and and the the van breaks down, it throws a rod through the oil pan. Mm. You know, we're, you know, we're no cell phones, we're no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hours and hours and hours away from home, and, and God just does these miracles, right? So this, I mean, you know, I fell asleep and it threw a rod, and then I felt, some, anyhow, I stopped sleeping. I wouldn't go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And and so we, we this guy comes to the side of the road, and we, we go all the way to this junkyard, and and they're talking about money we didn't have, repairs we couldn't wait for, and and I'm I'm talking to this complete stranger, and and I you know, what do I gotta lose? I mean I'm fifteen years old, but but I'm in this comfort and, and confidence of the Lord. And I just looked at him and I said, You wanna see Arkansas? And he tows us all the way from Indianapolis, Indiana, all the way to Arkansas, like 12 hours. <laughs> he, he goes to U-Haul, he, he buys a hitch, he hooks up this van, he, he feeds us, he drives us all the way there, he drops us off. And, and I, you know, I finally got around the phone, I said, Mother, I'm coming home, I know I'm late, sorry. Um, and and uh, Mom had a loose rein. So anyhow, this guy, he's driving us in, you mind if he spends the night, everything's going to be okay. And, and then he decides he's not spending the night. I'll just drive back. I'm, I'm convinced to this day he was an angel. Mm. But, but you know, life's blown up and God's there. Right? Um, 
You know, no one wants to tell you what stage you are, but you're stage four. Life's blowing up, but God's there. And, and I even remember that instant, the, the recent one is the leg. But I'm telling you, it was like a, I, I, I saw everything happen before it happened. I knew there was no recovery. It's like, this is going to be bad. The minute, the minute I lost my balance and the leg went in, but I mean, it was when I lost my balance, I thought there's, and my, the, the, I mean, my foot just went down just a little bit, and I thought there's no recovery. I cannot save this. Mm. And bam, we went, you know? And all that came out of my mouth was Jesus. Right? Well, I've had some interesting season. <laughs> you know, I and I have been talking about this for five months. I've never had. Since my dad died, I haven't had a season like this in my life. Five months off of work. You know? Yeah, but praise God, right? Praise God. So, so do you grow when life is rough? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If someone's tearing up your dirt, if someone's messing with your flesh, <laughs> see, the, the devil feeds your flesh. Jesus doesn't do that. He heals it. Mm. Right? But He feeds your spirit. He feeds your soul. Right? Okay? So, um, manure has nutrients. It's got nitrogen and phosphorus and other things in it. So, when the food's eaten, it's all the good stuff isn't used yet. It's got to go out into the ground and get planted, though. So, when you eat your fruit... There's nutrients that you get in the Spirit from the peace of God, from the love of God, from the kindness of God, right? That, that's going to go out of you and then fertilize the ground. Okay, so even, even the amount... I need to use God's peace, right? So it, it, it... Okay, so I'm just trying to fly the analogy here. It comes... Manure comes from eating. You know? So... So the, the stack of manure, I believe the Lord's using in your life, isn't the crud of the world. Mm-mm. It's not, it's not mm. the trash of the world. The, the manure he's, he's, he's working through your flesh are the leftovers of the Word of God you ate. Mm. The fruit of the Spirit you ate. Okay? And He's going to take that and he's gonna he's gonna work that right. He's gonna weave that right That's back to your flesh. Isn't that a good word? He will bring to your remembrance all things that I have said. Yeah, Hallelujah. It's uh, it's applying what you've heard and learned. It's like making it your own, making it a part of your heart and your life, so it becomes what feeds you instead mm, of just right. something right. you heard. Yeah. So so the bad circumstances aren't the fertilizer, but the, maybe the bad circumstances are of the digging up of the soil. Yeah, the digging up. So that the, the so that so the fertilizer gets, gets in. Gets in. And that that fertilizer is the things that you've you know so things you you've encountered before. Right? Yeah. I, I was so excited about this word today. You know, yeah. I was like, hey, yeah, check this out. Like, Where do I go? And then he takes me right back to my devotionals. He's like, yeah, I got you. That was really All right. It, it improves the soil's ability to hold water. Mm. Right? Yeah. By the washing water of the word to present to himself a spotless bride. Yeah. And so he takes these leavings. He says, in that year of grace, you eat the fruit to increase your yield. In that year of grace, you eat the fruit to increase your yield. And if you're not fruitful, I'm going to go ahead and purge you. I'm going to dig up that dirt. I'm going to take the <coughs> remains of what you've eaten, and I'm going to mix that into that dirt, and I'm going to, I'm going to I'm just get this going chance. so you can be fruitful, so you can reproduce. Mm-hmm. Amen? 
The only way you can is, is if you willfully choose not to. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and then the other thing it does, that manure does, I mean manure does a bunch of things, but the other thing it does is that it, it, it helps, it improves soil's ability to resist erosion. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, um, when I was really studying water, you know, one of the problems, uh, God starts off with the mist. God starts with a mist, and he goes to a dew, and then he comes down with rainfall, and then he comes down with storms, and then it's hail. Okay? So outpourings begin to take a, a, uh, um, uh, a real, uh, what's, the, what's the word? Not trunchant, but... Graduated? Uh, yeah, it, it, it begins increasing. And when God made the earth, the first thing that came out was a, was a mist, right? You get time to absorb that thing. So when God, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water... You know, our, our mist today is tongues. Mm -hmm. You know, is is and that you know to just to, to bring that up, but to, to just get and then you know um, the the light sprinkling rain. Moses talks about the word is word like dew, and, and and but then if it starts to storm down, sometimes when the storm hits, it just causes a huge runoff. It hits the dirt, and the dirt doesn't have time to absorb it. It just starts. No, right? And so uh, you, you know, remember the parable about building on sand and building on uh, building on the rock. And, and we see that when the storms come, they get they get kicked off if they're if they're they built their house on sand. So those who hear my word and do it, they're building on the rock. So that when the you know when the storm, and I know we usually see those storms as major life trauma events. But what if that storm's just a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Hmm. And so if a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit is happening in a storm-like fashion, if you're on the rock, okay, you know, I'm going to get off track there, but Again. With, with, that, with that folding into the manure, that, that soil, you know, perhaps maybe the first time you went to an altar call and, and the anointing fell, you dropped out. And, and all you got from it was the experience. Maybe the next time you got two or three words and then you dropped out and you got the experience of two or three words. Maybe enough manure gets in your soil that when the anointing comes in, you can stand up and receive what God is pouring in. And pouring in. I think some people that go fall under the anointing, uh, get slain in the spirit or whatever you want to call it. I think, I think they're laying there. I think God's reading stuff into that. Absolutely is. Absolutely is. So, that's the, that's the dirt, corn dirt manure word, okay? So fruit types, real quick, almost done. There's our rebirth, okay? Rebirth, yours and others, is fruit. So, James, chapter 1, and verse 18. Verse 8. Verse 8. Thank you. Uh, boy, I got the wrong scripture verse there. That's not the one I wanted. Um, Was it verse 8? Nope, I'll have to look at my other notes. But it's, it's about... Uh, as 18 talks about first fruits. First fruits, that's the one. See? Typos today. 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Okay? Now that's what you're doing. You're, you, are, you are harvesting a crop of first fruits from his creatures as you are spreading his word. Right? 
So this is this is part of fruit. Your your own personal rebirth. But then, all right. And then we talked about this: your renewal, your your fruit of the spirit. So if you're walking with the spirit, and so it's not it's not so much a matter of us trying to. Though you do this, this is good, you know, and, and um, you'll keep. <coughs> anyhow, it's, it's if we are responsive to the Holy Spirit in conviction, the fruit grows. It's not that you don't press into fruit, like oh, let's study God's love and absorb His word of love or absorb His word of peace. You do that. You do that. But there's an axiomatic growth of fruit as you fellowship with the Spirit. Jesus said, by their fruit you shall know them. Mm -hmm. So if you want to know what the Holy Spirit's like, well, Galatians 5.22 tells you what the Holy Spirit's like. He's joyful. He's loving. He's mm -hmm. kind. He's good. He's self-controlled. <laughs> okay? That's, that's what He's like. That's how you know Him. That's one of the ways you know Him. But that's part of our fruitfulness as well. Our renewal. Our, um, and then our reproduction. John 15.6. Okay, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He may give it to you. Amen. <laughs> Can I offer an application? I don't want. Absolutely. I don't want to. I don't want to step on your big ending, but um, I can't help but talk about. You know, I've been at the shipyard over twenty years. And I'm sure you've experienced this. Uh, you move from circle to circle. Mm -hmm. You come into a new circle, and you and there's a there is a I've noticed there is a almost predictable development process development to new relationships. You go through phases, mm -hmm. right? You mm -hmm. go through the phase where um, okay, you're going to let out. They're going to realize, oh, this guy's a Christian. So the unbeliever is going to throw out a few cuss words, just so you know where each other stands. Right. Sometimes when there are men and women in the circle, you go through this funky sort of. We get to be friends, but then there is this funky sort of attraction tension, and then we try to get past that because we want to know that yes, I know you're a woman, you know I'm a man, but that's never going to be. And so we're able to move beyond that to more like the brother sister. So there's that phase of the relationship. But then there's, I think, even a deeper phase, which is, uh, I would call it the deeper friendship phase. Um, and we're trying to wear our work hat and our friend hat too. And so there's, and, and, but we're trying to move toward, now I'm learning more about your personal life and you're learning more about mine and we come close, but then we're like, wait a minute, maybe we don't want to go here because we have to work. So we are our business hat. So these different phases of a relationship. But through it all, the Holy Spirit's talking to me and he's reminding me through all of these conversations that are replete with information of the world because we're in the world and they're in the world he's saying remember self-control mm -hmm. so when they say something that's worldly sarcastic or provocative you know maybe it's not the right time to laugh and so how do you navigate that and 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 but it's a fruit of the spirit the spirit's reminding me but what happens is i've noticed like okay i've been in a new circle now for for a, a little while and we're getting past some of those early stages of relationship but now we all know we're this is what you are this is what I am we're different whatever but now I'm in a place where like I said to somebody that she was telling me all about her um, her all of her 
her mother and her brother and her daughter and her house. And I'm like, you know, we come to the end of the conversation like, yeah, you know, we really need to pray for you. And she's like, yeah, I'll take every bit I can get. See, the point is we've gotten past that. And how did we get past that? Because it was the fruit of the Spirit working mm -hmm. because I had self-control in the conversation. Right. I exercised peace, patience with this person. And now I you can offer, listen, here's some love, right? right? And, and to me... This is, this is exactly what we're talking about, but it has to be, I think, under that grace of the Holy Spirit. I know for me at work it does, because if I go preaching the gospel at work, I can get fired. So I have to be cautious about that. It puts me in the position of having to, I can offer fruit without having to do it. So you go through these cycles of relationships, and I just, for me, everything you've talked about tonight, it goes right into that whole real life, uh, what does the fruit actually do? How can I use it? in a real life world and I have to face that at work and I'm done. Thank you. You bear fruit because you are. It's just who you are and what you are. That's so good. no matter where you're planted, you don't have to be like, Hi, I'm a fruit bearing tree. Yeah. You just right, right, bear right. fruit. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. what you do. It's easy to work. Yeah, you're a fruit alright. <laughs> yeah, right. He's a nut. He's a fruit nut cake or whatever. He's a fruit cake. You're a nutty fruit cake. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's what I lived, when I was in Wales, um, uh, I worked at a pub. My friends had bought a pub, and we took it over, and it was just a bar, and it was like, the la the la previous owners were selling, a like, dog. Like, no, <laughs> the, the previous owners were literally selling drugs from the bar, and it was just this sinkhole, and the village was like, no hope left, everyone was complaining about everything going wrong, and every how everything was dying. And the first three years, all we did was establish the atmosphere and establish roots and be like, we are choosing to plant a tree and, let, and speak life. And it's all we did. We didn't let people know we were Christians. We didn't let, we just loved them and met them right. where they were at and just were ourselves and let heaven's atmosphere settle and establish. Exactly. And... What by the time I left, it was five years. Um, new industries kept moving into the place. We had nothing but people trying to move into the area, and like influential mm -hmm. people from from the cities wanting to move to where we were. Um, like life was breathed back into the businesses were picking back up. Everyone started having hope. The street that was known for like the worst place to wander at night was nothing but like. There was the life of the party. They had street parties down there and was just like everyone came together as a community whenever one before it was all about who could tear each other down the most. All because we chose to be like, we are here and we are bearing fruit and the fruit will be what it is. And all of a sudden we have so many people come to us like, why do you always have this hope? Why are you yeah. always speaking life? Why are you always calling out the best in us? And it's like, because we believe in the best in you because God sees the best in you. And it was just a complete turnaround and just because we were there bearing fruit yeah. mm -hmm. because that is who we are. I, I wanted to share I wanted to share this testimony because it can in, in corporate America can get dicey, mm. you know, and and how we should particularly if you're in charge or anything, you know, and you're sharing the gospel and it could be so um, the the uh, Sean Smith was one of the speakers at this conference. It was very dynamic and I'll, I'll I'll probably post the YouTube link on the Maranatha message so you can hear his message that Tuesday night. But uh, this book is uh, Prophetic Evangelism. So 
anyhow, he's, he's talking about his, uh, his, his, uh, his friend and fellow prophetic evangelist, Robbie Dawkins, Dawkins um, experienced this risk while training underground church leaders for several days in Afghanistan. During that time, this group went to a small shop for a snack, similar to an ice cream shop we have in the United States. Robbie had been teaching the leaders all about prophetic evangelism so that they were sitting there. One of the leaders got a word of knowledge for a man walking by them. I think he's worried about his daughter, the leader told Robbie. Robbie told him to ask him if that was the case, but the leader responded that in Afghanistan, men aren't supposed to inquire about female family members. Plus, the risk of talking about Jesus was even higher because they were in the month of Ramadan, a time of fasting and prayer in Islam. If the guy took offense, he could yell kafir, which means infidel. The leader stopped the guy, pointed to Robbie, and spoke in, in the Pashto language. My friend here is asking Jesus to show him something for you, and he said that Jesus is showing him that you are concerned about your daughter. What do you know about my daughter, the man demanded. <laughs> as, the <con> <laughs> yeah. as the conversation grew more heated, the group wondered if the guy would shout, Kafir. <laughs> um, Tell him that there's something in his daughter's blood and it's killing her, Robbie said. My daughter has leukemia and can't even use the bathroom by herself, the guy replied. His attitude shifted once again as he yelled, How do you know about my daughter? <laughs> he says, Tell him that Jesus is healing his daughter right now, Robbie said. Tell him to call his wife now. The guy flipped open his phone to dial his wife's number on the other end of the line. A woman was screaming. What's going on, Robbie asked. The leader who had been translating the conversation replied, His wife answered the phone and she says that three minutes ago, their daughter jumped out of bed, went to the bathroom by herself. Now she's jumping up and down saying, It's all gone. It's all gone. I feel fine. The little girl was so healed. Awesome. Yeah. The little girl was healed at the exact moment Robbie said she was. The guy began crying and said, Please, come to my house and meet my daughter and my wife. Please come, tell them about Jesus. We need to know about Jesus. Isn't that good? That's like yeah. Paul. Isn't that good? On the road, so he, man. Sean, gave a, Sean gave a testimony. He was, he was at a conference um, teaching. Anyhow, they, they were in this mall area, and it was a New Age bookstore. So he starts looking mm -hmm. inside the window of this New Age bookstore, and he's got to peek in. And there's a woman giving tarot card readings, right? <laughs> and and so he, he said, you know, I did this drive-by, I did this drive-by shutdown. You know, I put my hand out, I'm praying in the spirit, Lord, you shut this down, right? And uh, so he gets in the car, and um, they're they're heading out. So he's he's with the 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 hosting pastor and his wife, and and they start to pull out, and he and the Holy Spirit. So at first he said he got like a witchcraft headache because people were operating witchcraft. Mm -hmm. He got this headache. Mm -hmm. and he gets in the car, they start pulling away, and now it was like his gut was unsettled. He said, but this wasn't demonic. This is like the Holy Spirit, like no, 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 no. You didn't do what I asked you. And and so he he says, look, I I have got an assignment now. You got to turn around. And um, and so they they pull the car around, and and he says she's giving these readings to all these women are in line. She's like, you know, give me ten minutes, I can work you in. And, and he said, in a roundabout way, I kind of asked for permission. I went up there and I told her, you know, I'm a Christian. She's like, I really don't want anything to do with you. He said, God told me to tell you I am your sign. And, and he said, now, this is the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm not, I'm not in the habit of walking up to strange women going, hey, baby, I'm your sign. You know? <laughs> she, she was, the night previous, desperate 
and essentially crying out to God and saying, you know, if you're real, you need to send me a sign. Mm -hmm. And so he walks into, you talk about the gates of hell will not yeah. be able to stand against. Yeah. He, he's walking into, right? I mean, the, the this other guy is in, in the month of Ramadan <laughs> in Afghanistan saving someone. And, and, and he's walking into a, an occult bookstore with a woman who's actively engaged in um, tarot card reading, saying, I am your sign. And then uh, the other thing he, that the Lord told her was that, that told him was that um, she had a dream when she was a little girl, and this is not it. She's just doing this by default, and that, that she had been abused by a spiritual leader. And he just lays this out for her. She closes up shop. She, she gets her last check, closes up shop, renounces the whole thing, gets born again and walks out and goes to church. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, anyhow. And all the silversmiths in town were in an uproar. Yeah, but I was in an uproar. So, um, I, anyhow, I was, I, was, I was so excited about that testimony. I bought this book and this other one. But, yeah. Thank um, you for sharing that. It was pretty good. So, it's worth the risk is what I'm saying. Mm. You know, they might kill you. Okay. You know, matter of fact, you said, yeah, some of you are going to get killed. Okay. I mean, we know that going in. Right? Uh, there's, going to be come, there's going to come a time when people think they're going to do God a favor by shutting you down. Okay. I mean, when, when, he, when he says that, look, not one stone left upon another, everything's going to shake, more turmoil than the world's ever seen is going to happen, why should we get agitated? It's just proving Jesus right. Right? We should be excited. <laughs> we should be reaping. We're, we're, getting close. we're getting close, people. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Closer, closer, anyways. All right. I had a song I wanted to sing, and, and Hannah picked out some songs, but I want to. Dinner's done. But dinner's done, and we've been talking. We had a good church. So, are we good with eating? I think I'm good with eating. Yeah. Yeah? You all right? No. What, what do we want to do? Okay. Yeah. So, um, we'll maybe do these songs in the day, but I, I think we did a lot of worship. So. Yeah. Alright? Well, praise God. May the grace of, of the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, Christ and, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I was sure. thinking we could sing that song with you, but. Praise God from above. Blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Which means you can't help but bear fruit. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, praise <laughs> Jesus. 